What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder here, back with another Friday podcast. I'm not going to lie to you guys, it's been a slower news week with the Raiders wrapping up their offseason last week, but I don't take days or weeks off, except for a couple of weeks ago, so I'm still here to cover everything and, of course, answer your questions. As your weekly reminder to have your questions answered on a future show, tweet them at me, at mholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. That's at M-H-O-L-D-E-R, the number nine, number five, on Twitter, and sbpquestions, and the number one at gmail.com. All right, let's do it. We'll kick things off with probably the most interesting news story to come out of Las Vegas this week, and that is Ndamukong Suh seems to be very interested in putting on the silver and black this season. Sue, who turned 35 last January and is currently a free agent, went on ESPN's NFL Live and said that his time in Tampa Bay is likely over, and Mina Kimes, one of the show's hosts, asked for his thoughts about joining the Raiders while she simultaneously made, his, made her a pitch to him, citing things like the Raiders' cap situation and playing between two top-tier edge defenders and Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Sue responded with, I like it, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. I was exchanging messages with them the other day. It's an interesting opportunity for sure. We'll see where it ends up. That AFC West is very, very tough, which would be fun. You get out of there, and you're almost destined to get to the Super Bowl. The All-Pro defensive tackle later tweeted out that joining the, the Raiders could be fun, which is simple, and there's not a whole lot to that tweet, but it does add some more fuel to the fire and show that he is interested in moving to the desert. It's just a matter of if the Raiders, specifically Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, are interested in bringing him board, and there's some conflicting reports on that. CBS Sports' Josina Anderson tweeted, while the market will continue to crystallize for Ndamukong Suh's services as the season draws near, I'm told the Raiders are not currently in pursuit. However, USA Today's Tyler Dragon tweeted, There's mutual interest between the Raiders and Ndamukong Suh. Another team to keep an eye on is the Vikings. The Raiders and Vikings have both had multiple conversations with the free agent defensive tackle. So, it sounds like we'll just have to wait and see on this one. Josh McDaniels brought in a familiar face this offseason by signing free agent running back Brandon Bolden, who played with the Patriots and formed McDaniels for nine seasons. Bolden comes to the Raiders running back room as a 10-year veteran and recently said he's embracing a leadership role to push the other young backs in the group as he talked about his role during a press conference. As far as for me, and I'm telling them, I'm here to make you better and you're here to make me better and we're going to push each other and get better. And that's just kind of how we've been going about things. We cheer each other on when we're in there. We coach each other up when we come off the field. It's beginning to look like something nice. The Raiders are somewhat young at running back as Josh Jacobs enters his fourth year in the league. And fourth round picks Amir White will obviously be a rookie this season. So it's good to hear that there's a strong veteran voice in the meeting room to help guide some of the young guys. Our Reyes Wura dove deep into Brandon Bolden's potential role in Las Vegas this season. And the article is up on the site, so make sure to go check it out and get the full rundown. Speaking of veterans who are leaders, Denzel Perryman has certainly caught the eye of his new linebackers coach, Antonio Pierce. In a press conference after practice, Pierce spoke about Perryman and has been impressed by, with the Pro Bowler's swagger and leadership. He's got swag. He's from Miami, right? He's a proud hurricaning. I've known him for a while, obviously, maybe not on a personal level, but from afar. What he brings is not even just swag, but attitude and professionalism. I'll say more importantly, leadership. When he talks, the room gets a little quieter, and you want that from somebody on your defense, and you really like that from the linebacker position. Being biased a little bit, you want the heart of your team in that linebacker room, and he really carries that and obviously has fun doing it. I think it makes my job easier as well. If you might remember from last week, after the Raiders finalized Hunter Renfro's contract, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler said that Perryman's contract was now one of the team's top priorities, and it's a pretty good sign for Perryman that his new coach is speaking so highly of him. 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Las Vegas try and lock him down before training camp starts at the end of next month. Since I just mentioned Hunter Renfro's contract extension, I figured I'd give you guys the updated numbers on his deal. Per OverTheCap.com, Renfro will still be just a $3.5 million cap hit this season, but you're going to have to throw one in front of that for next year as he bumps up to $13.4 million in 2023 and $13.7 million in 2024. His contract also includes two void years where the Raiders will take on about $3.7 million in dead money for 2025-26. All in all, not a bad deal to keep him around one of the best slot receivers in the game, especially if he continues to progress like he has over the last few years. Circling back to the Raiders players getting props, Matthew Butler was one of the standouts from this year's East-West Shrine game in Las Vegas, and the All-Star Game's executive director, Eric Galco, had some good things to say about Butler. He was one of the most dominant defensive linemen all week at the Shrine game, and we had several who ended up being drafted. Galco told all our Bill Williamson, he went from being a late draft prospect to being a solid top five round pick. I know the Raiders talked to him a lot and really liked what they saw. Galco went on to say that the Tennessee product should thrive in Patrick Graham's system and is quote-unquote extremely NFL-minded and has a high football IQ where he'll never embarrass himself on the field. I tell you what, those are the type of things you like to hear about a rookie fifth-round pick, so it sounds like the future is bright for Butler in Las Vegas. PFF's Arjun Menden recently ran a study on the best and worst cornerback trios since 2019, and the Raiders' combination of LaMarcus Joyner, Nevin Lawson, and Trayvon Mullen ranked towards the bottom of the chart at number 101 with a 42.5% quote-unquote perfectly covered rate. The good news is Joyner is now in New York and Evan Lawson isn't even on a team anymore after spending last season in Jacksonville, and Las Vegas has swapped those two out with someone who is towards the top of the chart. Rocky Sin, who spent the first three years of his career with the Indianapolis Colts before getting traded to the Raiders this offseason, was part of a trio with Kenny Moore II and Xavier Rhodes that ranked second in men in study with a 69.16 perfectly covered rate. In other words, it looks like the Raiders got some addition by subtraction and some addition by addition in the cornerback room. I'm not going to go into too many details about the Congress hearing on the Washington Commanders since that obviously isn't a direct tie to the Raiders, but it does impact former head coach John Gruden's lawsuit with the league and via NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, Gruden's attorney made a statement on the matter. It was apparent from Commissioner Goodenell's testimony Wednesday that the NFL is still resisting actual accountability and is only willing to be selectively transparent. In the John Gruden lawsuit, the Nevada court comprehensively rejected the NFL and Commissioner Goodell's attempt to compel arbitration and conceal their conduct from the public. If they do appeal, we welcome the opportunity for the Nevada Supreme Court to, be, to issue a published opinion confirming the rulings and invalidating the NFL Constitution and the unfair arbitration provision that the NFL has hidden behind for so long. John Gruden's fight matters to so many more people than just himself, and real accountability won't exist until the NFL's misconduct stops being addressed behind closed doors. To fill in some of the blanks, the NFL likes to use arbitration instead of litigation to settle the complaints and or lawsuits against them because arbitration is handled outside of the courts, so it's much less public and doesn't make the league look as bad. That's part of why Congress is so adamant about investigating the league and the commanders because, as I'm sure you know, a lot of the NFL's investigation of Washington has been kept under wraps. So, Congress is questioning Adele and the league's practices and essentially saying or looking into if they are using arbitration to help cover up their findings, which Goodell and the NFL are trying to do with Gruden's case, hence the lawyer's statement and why they're paying so much close attention to the commander's story. 
As always, I'll give you guys more information as it comes available. A few side notes before we move on to questions. Devontae Adams has seemingly become an international sensation as he ranks 7th in jersey sales in the UK. The rest of the list is as follows. Tom Brady, unsurprisingly number 1. Adams' former quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, in 2nd. Russell Wilson, 3. Josh Allen, 4. Number 5 is Joe Burrow. 6, Patrick Mahomes. Then Adams, obviously. Cooper Cup, 8. Kayvon Thibodeau, bit of a surprise at 9. And finally, Lamar Jackson. So, Adams is the top seller at wide receiver and the first non-quarterback on the list. VegasInsider.com recently posted a study on the NFL's biggest trash-talking fan bases, and while Raider Nation didn't crack the top five for biggest or funniest trash-talkers, we did come in at number three for the most intimidating and earn the fifth spot for most savage and will leave you speechless categories. For anyone that's ever been to a Raiders game, this isn't much news as Raider Nation has always prided itself on their ability to get under people's skin. The NFL recently released every team's reporting date and location for training camp this year, and to no surprise, the Raiders will be staying at their practice facility in Henderson, Nevada for camp. Previously, they held camp in Napa, California. However, they have not returned to wine country since crossing state lines, which the pandemic also played a big role in. As far as dates go, the rookies will be reporting on July 18th, and the vets check in two days later on the 20th. The Raiders will be the first team to have everyone show up to camp due in part to the fact that they are playing the Hall of Fame game, but even the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Raiders' opponent in said contest, won't report to camp until the 24th. Here we go, mailbag time. As a reminder, to have your questions answered on a future show, either tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to svpquestions1 at gmail.com. First up, coming from my good friend James, shouldn't everything east of the Caldecott Tunnel really be called the quote-unquote delta rather than the bay, the wastelands could also be an acceptable in my opinion. For those of you who don't know, I'm from east of the Caldecott Tunnel. And James, this is mean-spirited, and as I said to you on Twitter, this is why nobody likes you and why I hate you, my good friend James. Number two, how do you see Waller utilized in the new scheme? Lots of people bring up Gronk, but I see him utilized more like Aaron Hernandez, big X more than over the middle and short outs. It's a good question. I think uh, or Darren Wallen and I talked about this a little bit on our interview a couple weeks back, um, and he kind of said that they're going to be using him in quite a bit or quite a few different roles. Kind of hinted that they're at, he's not going to be in one spot a lot. I think we're going to see him in the slot a lot more than we have in the in the past. I know my guy Mark John is is big on uh, getting Waller on those option routes that McDaniel's like to run with uh, with a lot of the slot receivers, and with that uh, Earnhardt Perkins offense, that'll be kind of a natural fit where they do like to have. You know, interchangeable players using the same concept. That's why they want guys to know multiple positions and all that stuff so that they can kind of plug and play them and run the similar types of plays, again, just with different personnel. So I think we're going to see a lot more Darren Waller in the slot. And, of course, I do see think he can play that Aaron Hernandez role that you're talking about, kind of that big X, too, because he can win a little bit or he can win down the field a little bit more than I think a guy like Gronk can, especially the later years Gronk when Gronk started having a lot of those injuries. So I think you are on to something. I just don't know if we can necessarily put it into a box where he's going to be like Aaron Hernandez or Gronk. I think he'll probably be a little bit of a hybrid of either one. I think he'll be, uh, again, a big part of the offense where he's going to be in so many different roles that you're going to have to pause the TV to see where, he, where he's at before every play, one of those kind of things. So I think we are going to see a much more expanded role for Darren Waller in this offense. And like you said, probably a little bit more downfield routes than maybe we saw with Gronk um, and when Gronk was playing with the Patriots and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I think they'll definitely use or find more ways to to get Waller involved. 
And it'll be interesting because I think we we might see him run a few more deep routes and all that good stuff because he does have a little bit more of that speed, kind of like what Aaron Hernandez had, like you pointed out. All right, guys, that does it for this week. As always, make sure to follow Silver and Black Ride. Follow me on Twitter, AdamHolder95. I just want to say I really appreciate you guys listening and tuning in in the offseason. Again, knowing a whole lot's not going on right now. But hey, let's keep those questions coming. Keep listening. We really appreciate that. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Other than that, until next time.